Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. There's a new manager in place, a director of football has been appointed and there's a major international tournament taking place. It is 2018, but for Everton, it could easily be 2016. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kirkbride and today I'm joined by Tony Scott, Dave Prentice and Gavin Buckland. And we will discuss why it has, so far at least, been all quiet on the transfer front at Goodison. In 2016, Ronald Koeman and Steve Walsh were appointed and it took the club until August the 2nd to sign an outfield player. So we will discuss around the table, will it be the same this summer for Everton under this new regime? And if so, is that a reason for concern? Tony, you'll uh, you'll kick us off, please. Are you worried by the lack of movement so far, if you like, when some other clubs in the, in, in the Premier League are, are making signings? Yes and no, to be honest. Um, I look at the likes of Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester United, making a couple of signings there before the World Cup. And there's a, there's a double-edged sword, isn't it? You can sign a player and his price can, obviously, it can go up and it can go down. I get all that. But I am worried because we do need bodies. We, in my opinion, we need a centre-back at least. We need a left-back cover. We, we, we do need players all over the park when you look at it. And I am worried because, obviously, the, the deadline's a is the day before the season fin- it starts and it just, it just there's just so much to do and I know Silver and Brands they, they don't just get their feet under the table but we are agency in need of players and if it was just one or two then I'd say yeah fine no problem take your time be patient but there's players all over the park Everton needs at the moment and I know there's a lot of outgoings as well that Everton are looking to do but I'm always about incomings as well, to be honest. And if Everton want to improve this season, they've got to get bodies in as well as them taking out. Bruno, cast your mind back to two years ago almost. Obviously, Ronald came in mid-June and then Steve Walsh was appointed sort of mid to late July and it took until August the 2nd to get Idrissa, yeah. Idrissa Gay through the door. Were you worried at that time? Can you remember? Were you thinking, you know, the season starts in a couple of weeks and we haven't actually signed a new outfield player? Not really, no. I think the priority is, is to get the signings right. Uh, you know, we certainly don't want the experience that we had last summer, you know, where we were very, very excited about the activity in the transfer market. And yet, you know, long term, not many of them proved to be successes. Uh, Marco Silva's already said he wants quality as opposed to quantity. I think that's important. You know, I take Tony's point that it is a concern because an awful lot of positions need filling, but equally, they've got to be filled correctly. And, you know, even if that means waiting until, you know, January to get the absolutely correct, you know, right players on board, that's a, you know, bullet we'll have to bite, I'm afraid. Um, you know, I think there will be, you know, certainly one or two signings at least, you know, before the season starts. Uh, but it's a question of getting them right. I mean, you talk about across the park, they're making signings over there. And, you know, Jurgen Klopp has been quite, you know, cautious in the past about making sure he gets the right player. I mean, Virgil van Dijk fell down in, in one transfer window and he waited until the next transfer window to get him. And I think if it's a question of getting a player that, you know, fits the bill perfectly, I'm prepared to wait. But yeah, you know, we need bodies on board, you know, sooner rather than later. And 
the delays understandable. I mean, Marco Silva's got to look at the squad he's inherited. First of all, I hope he's been doing that for the last four or five months. Mm. Uh, likewise, Marcel Brands, and you know, identify which players do want to move on. Those players may not be happy to move on. They might be on ridiculous salaries. It's going to be difficult to move them on. Therefore, they're going to have to be frozen out as you do these days to try and get trusted players. Awful lot of things need to happen. So I understand the delay. You know, it, it's a it's a slight concern, but it doesn't really bother me that much. Everton came eighth last season. You know, so they're not exactly you know in a position where the squad is absolutely dire you know it certainly needs improvements and quite significant improvements but it's not absolutely awful so uh, just you know caution and patience hopefully we'll win the day Gav as Prano said we finished eighth but one of those teams that would be considering themselves a rival to us this season Leicester they've they've put their foot to the floor in the transfer market already you look like they're going to say sign James Madison today you know signed yeah. a, a fullback from Porto and a couple of others Watford too they look like they're busy I think Are you Wol- worried? Wolves will be another Wolves, team. Wolves, absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a Prano on this, um, on the basis that uh, we're slightly different in 2016, that we've probably got a, we have got a core of players we can work with, and I think, you know, the manager said that. So I, I'm, I'm not particularly worried about it at the moment, because we're still relatively early, I suppose, in the, you know, even take the counts of the World Cup, or we mid-June, um, and the window closes the was it ninth of August August ninth yeah so there's still there's still probably a month after the World Cup to work with. Um so I'm a bit more comfortable and it's un- understandable compared to two thousand sixteen that Brands is in a different position to Walsh's in terms of his contacts and his experience. So there's a bit of continuity there as a director of football coming in compared to say Walsh in, in two thousand sixteen. So I um I, I'm okay with it at the moment. If if you've got two or three players that maybe Silver's been talking about that can really take us forward, they come in. Uh that would be fine. I'm more concerned actually with our podcast from last last week about it. And Tony alluded to this is actually getting players out the door. Yeah. Um, that that's gonna be probably a bigger challenge. And um, if anything, that that maybe is something that I'd be looking to do more than bring players in. Um, well, yeah, the, the players that people are you know being linked with, are the players you don't want to lose. You know, Adamola Luckman, you don't want to see him go anywhere. Dominic Calvert Lewin, I like enormously. Bournemouth sniffing around him, don't want any of them to go. So you know, it's the players that you think have outlived their usefulness now are going to be very difficult to move on because they're on the big money. So yeah, it's tough. Is it a concern that we aren't linked with anyone? Well, we're not even sniffing around anyone. Well, we're linked that, with that's loads, a... but you know, not many of them are actually. You know, authentic. You have legs, do you? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what that's worrying for me is that yeah, you can you hear whispers and that, but there's no there's no concrete information coming from the club saying yeah, it, we are. Like, it, well, on the flip side, too, just playing devil's advocate, is that a sign of the tight network, if you like, the watertight um, process that Brands is overseeing that nothing would leak? I don't know. Well, nothing really. When you in this day and age, Phil, and social media and the way agents talk. Agents put it out as much as fans do at the moment, you know what I mean? So I'm looking at it and thinking, we're not even closely linked with anyone. And it, it's a worry, and as we've just seen there, there's teams below us are improving straight away, getting their bodies in, and teams above us. Now, I know it's, it's a, I know what's happening at the moment, it's a bit of a revolution, I get all that, and there's managers coming in, there's new jobs and all the back guys, etc. But you've got to get players in, and I know it's going to be difficult getting players out, the wages they're on. But I, I looked on a couple of weeks ago when I said to the when Tottenham so got a bail, got a load of bodies in and they messed that up. Liverpool, likewise, with Luis Suarez, messed that up. Now, Everton have done very similar towards Romelu Lukaku when they messed it up last summer. And then it takes, it takes obviously, it takes time. It's a lot of patience, a lot of hard work. 
but you've got to get the bodies in. You've got to get them in. And it is a worry for me because I'm not, it's the World Cup, Sean. World Cup finishes and then you've got the best part of what? A month to get. I'm looking at four or five bodies in, at least for Everton. At least. Gav, I've, I've mentioned, you know, should we be concerned about Watford and Leicester and I name check those two in particular. And I'm going to contradict myself here in, yeah. sh- in a shock move because I've never done that before. Um, <laughs> That's his last one. <laughs> how many of those players that Leicester and Watford have signed are actually good enough for what we want at Everton? Is that the flip side to this to this point? They've gone and done their business, but it's actually signing players that we wouldn't need slash want. It's a good question, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's more a question where the players on the pitch and where where we need them to be honest with you, rather than the quality the players. I mean, I can only you know uh, I can only echo you know Preno's thoughts that. We probably need top quality players in maybe three positions. So really, what Watford and other clubs have done, I'm really not not too bothered about because they've won players for their own own means. And I think I'd, ra- I'd rather see three players that can come in and you know really improve us than sort of five or six players who are just sort of and to the numbers for the sake of it. So for example, a centre half. You know, just you know thinking aloud, centre half, probably somebody. Is really, really powerful or whatever in, in midfield, yeah. And maybe you know, and, and a full back, maybe a left back. You know, those are the three three pl- positions I would say. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's not okay. just three yeah. or four, yeah. But we could get, we could get away, you know, you, you can't get maybe. away with it, Gav, because last season, once them full backs got injured, Everton won. I've just, just said the full back, but I'd rather, I'd rather see three or four quality players. I've got no sort of. I've added one already. He's, he's added one already. He's boring. Come over, Gal. Come over to the five seven, or six. It'd be seven in, six, you know, in 60 seconds. What I'm saying is I'd rather see quality rather than quantity, as, Pen, as Preno said. Um, because we have got a workable team, haven't we? If you, if you, I was thinking about this. If, you know, Silver said play four, wants to play 4 3 3. Well, up top, into the three, you play two wingers and a centre forward, but we've got them at the moment, haven't we? Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I mean, there's potentially an argument to add uh, yeah. uh, somebody who could play more naturally on the left. Yeah, and when we and we we'll come on to that. Carry on, Gav. Then you know, if you had three in midfield, you hold and play a stroke cover and play. We could be Schneider and whatever you think. I'm, I'm no. said that. Yeah, okay. You know, you could have. <laughs> then you've got Sigurdsson as playing you more forward. Yeah, yep, see that, and then that might mean that you probably want to is 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 their player in a four three three in the midfield is probably more box to box type play, which we, we we probably do need. Then at the back, you probably need the centre half, and you know we've mentioned left back. So you're looking at that configuration, you could say what we've got available to us at the moment is is quite workable for what Marco wants. But what we could what we need within that is probably three, two or three quality players to fill in. Maybe the weak part of that uh, as as a priority, and I feel that's what we've got to do, uh, and perhaps wait till January to get more of the the squadish type players in. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm pretty comfortable at the moment, and if we get two or three players, as I say, or four, so I'll be okay with Can that. Can I just say I was going to say, thinking out loud here, is it completely the unpopular sentiment, and it's totally not sexy to speak like this in terms of saying. Is the onus as much as Gav has alluded to buying a handful of new players, but actually going to, say, going to Marco, going improve Luckman, make him a guaranteed first team player, improve Tom Davis, 
play Sigurdsson in his correct position. Get the best. Okay, sorry, get more out of what we had and what we paid for last summer. I get that. I get that argument, Phil. But I think there's players in that Everton squad that are beyond that. I think that like the the aging players, your Baines, your Jack Elke, your Williams, and to be honest, I think there's players in there as well that just simply aren't good enough. That you could do as much coaching with it as what you can. I look at David Classen. I, I he's just I look at him and I go. I don't want to sound as if I'm picking on him here, but I go, what's he got? Four managers have seen him in the space of twelve months and gone. You've got nothing. What 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 do you do when you run on that pitch? He look just looks like. A kid in school, yeah, just running around after the ball, got nothing about him. And I think players of that ilk are beyond coaching in the Premier League. I get, I take your points on board. I think he could improve a Michael Keane. I think he could do that. Maybe a Schneiderlin. But I think there's players in there who are getting on, who obviously it's beyond them. Preno would, you know, and, and, and Tony made a point early on in the podcast about there not being uh, a slew and, and a load of players strongly linked with, with real credibility. Two players that I think we probably could say are certainly admired by the two the two main players at Everton these days. William Carvalho, the sporting Lisbon midfielder, and Hirving Lozano, the exciting Mexican winger. Let's start with Lozano. Would he improve Everton? Do Everton need him this summer? Um, again, it comes down to quality over quantity. And obviously he plays in a position where Everton already have you know a number of, you know, a number of players. Is he better than them? You know, I'll hold my hand up. I've only seen him in the World Cup score a great goal against Germany. Um, I wasn't that aware of him prior to that. So, you know, I couldn't tell you. Uh, but the concern is that, you know, Adam Luckman, who Gav mentioned as being his wide left player, for me, probably isn't ready for regular, you know, first team exposure. Marcel Brands has told us he is going to be in the first team squad and he's going to use him, you know, or, you know, he's going to, him and Marco Silva have decided he's going to be used um, you know, far more frequently than he ever was under Sam Allardyce, which is great news. But he started last season and you know, flattered a couple of games, had a couple of great cameos, but you know, maybe not quite ready for prolonged exposure. So in that respect, uh, if you accept the fact that Yannick Balassi doesn't seem to be quite the same player after his long-term injury, yes, he would improve Everton you know, from, on the brief exposure we've seen in the World Cup, given the fact he was top scorer of a PSV in the Eredivisie. He's only 22. Um, he's got, you know, he's got a great background. Yeah, I would say he he would. He fits that bill. William Cavallio, I think those links only come about because he's worked with Marco Silva before, and again, you know, he fits in an area of the pitch where Everson already have players. Now, it's well, you know, you rolled your eyes before. It's anyway, Morgan Schneiderlin's mentioned, and it depends what kind of Morgan Schneiderlin you get. I mean, you know, for the first six months of his Everson career, he was great. He would have been Player of the Season with that uh, form spread over a full season. Last season, he stank the place out. He really did and started improving right at the end. And if you're gonna be really cynical, and often in this profession we're accused of being that, it's because he was looking to move on. And you know, he was basically playing for a move. And you know, people, some you know, influential people at the football club also believe that. So, you know, okay, ability-wise, yeah, he's got plenty to offer. Character-wise, is he what we want? I'm not so sure. So again, Cavallio could be you know, a decent option for there. So yeah, those two fit the bill. But that's it. Of the other players that have been linked, I mean, we're led to believe that the Ajax defender, 18, you know, is not really on the uh, on the radar. But you know, 50 million quid for an 18-year-old defender is an awful lot. When you've got to be 100% certain about players like that. So yeah, the, the two that you mentioned, I think, would fit the bill. Gav, if if we started the new season without wing options as Lozano, Luckman, Walcott, and Balassi, now I'm pitching Balassi there to play in the right way. I think he should be playing because it's the way he looks more comfortable. Are you you happy with that? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a couple of questions there, though, isn't there? Certainly about Lozano. 
is, and this goes back to one of the problems, isn't it? It's like anybody that we're looking at who's good in the World Cup, we're not going to be the only club who's going to be looking at them. And and, and one of the things is, if you have, if using using them as an example, say he plays really well for Mexico for the rest of the World Cup, then pounds a penny, there's going to be, dare I say, you know, bigger clubs on the continent where he plays already. Uh, incested them, so we haven't got the market to ourselves, and that, that that's the other complication of World Cup here, isn't it? Well, hopefully the brands yeah. factor will play. Well, that's what I, I was just about know. to say. That actually, yeah. you know, that's where brands as influence is 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 is, is um, I and, think. But where and do we have to? Fa- and do we have to? Will come into it more than anything. Do we have to accept that as well, Gav? That to some players, and and, and I, I'm trying to couch this delicately to some players. We will be sold as a stepping stone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've not got a problem with that. And to, to be fair, if it means just getting the right player as 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 that, that's what saying, I mean like, about yeah, Lozano, yeah, yeah. for example. Yeah, yeah. That 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 will be. It's just whether he's his stepping stones where he is at the at, at the moment. Do you think I'd say about Luckman at being stepping stone? When will he be ready for the first team football? I think I think he is personally. Yeah. I, I really do. I think he looked terrific in Germany, didn't yeah. he? Oh, I, I really. Do you know what the talent that he's got? And I know we can be a bit raw, but which kid isn't at that age? Uh, I, as soon as he gets the ball, you're on the edge of your feet. And went to Europe and won a game on his own last season. He, 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 I, don't forget as well, and that's that Merseyside derby. It was going nowhere. He come on, ripped the back out to Liverpool's defence, and we got that equaliser. Oh, he did. Yeah, the Watford game. Uh, I always say he was the turning point yeah. of that when he came on. But my only concern was that the first exposure he had at the start of last season, he did get caught in possession a lot. And I know, you know, David Unsworth, when he took charge, didn't use him. You know, for that reason, he was concerned about his ability to squander possession. There's definitely a raw talent there. And, you know, clearly Marcel Brands is very aware of me trying to sign him for PSV. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll see plenty of him. It's up to the kid then. But, yeah, you know, that experience in the Bundesliga has done him the world of good. Yeah, I think playing about Luckman, though, that, that, that's a slight variation in playing 4-3-3 than playing 4-2-3-1, isn't it? If you play 4-3-3, he's going to be spending a lot more time further up the pitch. Which, which would suit him, you would think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. whereas in a 4-2-3-1, when they've got the ball, you'd expect it to pull back and play a little bit deeper. So I think I think it's, it, positionally, if there's such a word, that's a far more suitable role for him up top in a 4-3-3 than playing wide in a 4-2-3-1 because he'd be playing further up the pitch. And that those, some of those issues that you're talking about, Prenner, which I think you're right, maybe they will become less important. Toad? Not sure if you watched the uh, incredible three-all draw on Friday night between Portugal and Spain. Um, what did you make of Carvalho? Didn't stand out, to be honest, Phil. It didn't. I know the get. It looked to me as if it was just Spain dominating against Cristiano Ronaldo. No Portuguese play stood out for me. Stood out for me. Another concern is sorry to just go on okay. on Sato, Is that when, when did the players go back into first team training? July, July 2nd. July the 2nd. So obviously Jordan Pickford's going to be needing extra time because he's with the World Cup it's the goalkeeper situation you can have no goalkeepers in first team training well I mean it's something that I think uh, Chris Beasley wrote about the other night you know Marco obviously basing the idea that he wants two players for every position for, for competition will he actually want three because the remaining goalkeepers as it stands Robles has left yeah. Martin Stecklenberg is obviously still at the football club spent most of last season injured but we assume he's fully fit and the next in line was Matty Hewlett, obviously come from the 23s and, and, and been in and around the squad. But the information I was given was that they're keen to get him on loan. But as you say, 
where, you know, where does it leave Everton? Because if you're going into training and obviously the, with the new management structure and everything else and you're going to be looking at going, listen, how are we going to play? And if Pickford's obviously having an extended break after the World Cup and there's no other goalkeeper there, Bob is now gone, you're going, hang on, this is not, and this is what I was trying to say before, it's not the ideal preparation for the first game of the season, is it? When you've got, looking there, what, July the 2nd, did you say, Phil? Back in training, July the 2nd, So you've yeah. got a month before the season starts and you're not even training with your, goal, with your goalkeepers. I think it's a concern. I, I get the, the quality over quantity. I get that argument. But you've still got to get the bodies in. And uh, that is a concern for me. We do need at least four players in there. The counter-argument to that is we've got actually relatively few players at the yeah. World Cup, haven't we? So we've got a hell of a lot of first-team players who are available and training from the... But the spine of the team, it, 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 you've got Sigurdsson, Guy and the yeah, goalkeeper. I, I'm comfortable with the keeper because it tends to... Train on their own, and it tends to be like quite self-contained. I mean, I know what you're saying. Sigurdsson, the, the whole team should be based around Sigurdsson. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, he's playing in the World Cup, isn't he? So that's good for him in terms of getting him fit. By the way, yes, for, mm. for next season. So he's got rather than coming in next season, like sort of, you know, like, you know, he he's, he wasn't played then for what six months were he in August, something like that. Is he, the, the World Cup? Him playing the World Cup for us is good. Because it gets his fitness up and gets his confidence up, and as we've seen at the weekend, you know, he was he was excellent. So I'm 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 okay with that. Um, maybe a short straw for the keeper, like you know, one of the outfielders. The counter, right, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. The counter uh, argument for that, sorry, Gav, is that the players that we have got that haven't even kicked the ball, like see Classens and Sancho Ramirez, their price has only gone down, isn't it? They haven't got a look in with their countries, so we're just going to be left with them with their price plummeting. That's it. That's well, a concern. Well, point to prove though. With, Possibly, possibly. I just I, I, sound I, convinced. I, I think it'll be the old Mike Milligan uh, effect that one, where yeah. uh, Howard Kendall inherited him from uh, Colin Harvey and basically made it clear he wasn't going to be using him. And um, a couple of the press lads said to Howard, said, "Well, how are you going to move him if he doesn't want to leave?" When he's playing for the A-team on a Friday night at Morecambe, lad, he'll want to move. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you might, you might be seeing a few uh, on 23 appearances. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love Keno's early 90s reminiscence when he wants to make a point, you know. You know? <laughs> Did you, do you honestly think that the likes of your Classens and your Ramirez is going to be going anywhere? I can't see. Not I can't see the move. they're on at the moment, no. no. Can't I mean, see. Six I, I think loans. And, that, and, yeah. that, and then we're talking about, and, and the whole point of the podcast is, ins and outs, we haven't sold anybody, we haven't, we haven't bought anybody. I can foresee a situation where the deadline for selling players into other European clubs goes until August the 31st and I can see a situation where Sandro, Klassen and a couple of others are right to the wire and we're, you know, it's a hectic kind of last couple of hours where loan deals are getting sorted out with clubs in Turkey, Spain, etc. Just not make them obviously more of us to, to go and get the players in if we know they're going to be going out later in the window then? Possibly, but then equally, I'm again, I'm just thinking out loud here. It, do... Do the money men at Everton, do Farhad and the board, do they need a certain level of guarantee before sanctioning the the signing of new blood and new players on new wages that Sandro, as an, yeah. as an example, and David Classen, you're definitely getting rid of them, aren't you? They're still here at the minute. You, you know, Are you definitely going to get rid of them? I genuinely think that's part of the thinking behind the Wayne Rooney uh, situation at the mm. moment. You know, I don't think he wanted to move on. I mean, his advisors have made it clear that was the case. I think Everton... Some people at Everton didn't think they were getting value for their, you know, whenever it is, 150 grand a week that he's on. Um, you know, he had a decent enough start to the season, but second half of the season he was pretty anonymous. I think that's part of it. I think, you know, they're trying to save money on players like that who they don't see a long-term future for. But as we're talking, we're still paying his wages at the moment, yeah, aren't absolutely. we? Yeah. So, like, all these players, your classes, Ramirez and Rooney, we're still paying them huge, huge figures of money here. 
and they're still under Everton's books. And it is a concern that these are still there, and we haven't brought any. That's football, isn't it? You know, so every every club has those situations. You know, it's it, it's not ideal, but it's something Everton have got to manage. But that that that's the difference. We've gone back to 2016. Phil said there's some positive differences that maybe we don't need as many players. But that's one of the the negatives, isn't it? 2016, perhaps the wage bill and stuff wasn't as big an issue as what it is is now so in terms of like dare I say sell to buy in financial terms all that type of thing that that's an issue here now that wasn't there two years ago which makes which muddies the waters even further I would say and obviously the complication is I guess ultimately we're waiting on the buying clubs aren't we who yeah. may be still doing their own scouting recruitment they may not know what really they they're after and they may have number one choice who isn't Sandro Ramirez, for example, and if they can get him, then Sandro's off their list. But if they can't, then they come back to us later in the summer. Yeah. Well, on or on that field, they could wait until Everton have bought all their players in. Wait until that last day, obviously on August the thirty first, and then holds Everton to ransom, knowing quite well they've got a play there on the guns that they don't want to. Because he says to Everton, "We're not going to give you the loan fee. We'll just start paying his wages." And Everton backed into a corner on the last day, knowing that they can't get anyone in. But that might not be the worst thing if they just pay the wages. To be honest with you, when you see some of the some of the money involved, if you're talking players on like four or five million quid a year, actually that's that's a big wedge, isn't it? One player, I think. Um, it should be worth mentioning and it goes back to Silver and Watford is is Decore isn't it is whether do we, do we anticipate Marco going back to Watford at some point and looking at looking at looking at players and, and sort of bringing them trying to bring them here my understanding is that it would be extremely difficult yeah given the ill feeling if you like that still exists between the clubs the rumbling on of this compensation issue um, you know Marco's obviously asked about Richarlison that he's first press conference and just kind of you know laughed it off didn't he because he and I think Watford have made it clear certainly through the uh, the local press down in Watford that it would be an astronomical fee Everton would have to pay for somebody like Richarlison who they, they you know a lot of effort to get him in from Brazil last season he's obviously I think he played every game they really like him I think I think it'd be a very difficult situation almost in, in the same situation where Ronald memory serves didn't go back to Southampton necessarily did he and I but think he was told. I think he did later, I think Martina later yeah. on, but certainly that first summer. I mean, in terms of equally, um, he was he was heavily linked with the goalie coach at Southampton. Yeah. When you and, and I asked him about that straight up on the first press conference, he said no, no chance. But on the, on the, obviously, Martin has raised a wig and good style, didn't he? The time before that, yeah, not necessarily to our cop. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, James you know. McCarthy was alright. Yeah, Alcaraz, Robles, Coney. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's just because the core is a player. I mean, I don't want to. Anybody from Watford's listening and apologies, but he's, he's the type of player who would, would be an asset, I think, to to us or, or any team because I think he's a really, really good player. But he's another one that other clubs would be after, wouldn't he? Above, above Everton's yeah. radar as well, by the way. Yeah. And Phil, interesting, you said before that stepping stone type of figure. Every team in the Premier League is a stepping stone for Real Madrid and Barcelona. Liverpool are, Manchester United are. So uh, it wouldn't faze me whatsoever if if any player came over and used Everton as a stepping stone to get to the Man City, because then they'll drop Manchester City like a stone and join Real Madrid or Barcelona. So it doesn't faze me at all. You can go through right throughout the chain to the bottom bottom end of the, yeah, of I mean, the league. John Stones is a classic example of that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Which you know, what did we get him for? Three million sold for whatever you would call it, fifty, For forty-seven so, and a half. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean, and uh, and that was a good deal for everybody, I would say. 
to be honest, okay, what we did with the money is questionable, but you know, in terms of you know enormous profit and moving the player on and, and being able to reinvest that, I think that was a good deal for everybody. And that's a classic example of that that working, isn't it? I would say. Just moving on then, the discussion before we end today's Royal Blue podcast. Um, we've mentioned the summer of 2016 and the fixture list to Ronald Koeman was relatively kind that summer. Um, fast forward to the present day. Has the fixture list been equally kind, Tony, to Marco Silver and allow him uh, a gentler way to sort of bed in at Everton? I think it has, Phil. He, he, he's, he's such lucky, to be honest, that Ronald Koeman will sit there and look at that fixture list that he's been handed on. How lucky we are, how unfortunate tonight was. I'd look, I think we played Manchester United, the top five, only them in the first 11 matches. So you've got lots of winnable games there, but that's what I'm trying to say is that getting them bodies in, getting off to a, a good start. Because if Everton don't win many games early doors, qu- questions will start. Oh, is this the right man? I don't like the way he's going, I don't like his signings. Questions then will start to come in. So it's important that we've got the rubber of the green with the fixtures. But you've got to get wins on the table. It's all well and good. I know Ronald Koeman lasted nine games in the Premier League last season. But on the other side of that, I'm probably contradicting myself here, is that you've got to give him time. But if he doesn't get the wins, pressure's going to start to mount. Preno, we mentioned Wolves. I think I've mentioned Wolves when we had a discussion of teams that have, have, have done business already. They look like they're going to make, make a real stab at this. Um, is it, is it by the day becoming a trickier opening opening fixture? It always was. I've always said that when the fixtures drop, you want to avoid the promoted teams in the first you know month or two months of the season because there's that excitement, there's that you know optimism around the club. They're so excited. Molyneux will be a cauldron that afternoon. It'll be an incredible atmosphere. It's always tasty anyway, to be fair. Uh, but you know it'll be even more so. Uh, they play decent football, you know, they've, they've come up as champions, you know, they've got like, you know, sort of plenty of confidence there anyway. They've already made one signing in the transfer market, which looks, you know, very, very decent. So, yeah, it was always going to be a tough game, that. But you can't quibble, you know, it, it, it's, you know, a team that Everton wouldn't, sh- shouldn't have any fears over. And then the fixtures that follow that, again, you can't second guess, you know, idea what people are going to do in the transfer market. You know, no one expected Burnley to start the season the way they did last season. But equally, you know, the fixtures that Everton look at and should think, yeah, okay. Let me know, we'll accept that. I thought it was really nice to hear the message that Jan Kleutenberg sent out uh, on Twitter. He wished Everton good luck. This is the guy that was sacked you know, by the Blues you know, only a couple of months back. Uh, but also the second tweet quite pointedly referred to the good start that uh, Marcus <laughs> Silver looked like he'd been handed because it was you know, a brutal fixture list that Ronald Koeman and his staff had to endure last season. It's nothing like that. So you know, if Everton can get away from Molyneux unbeaten, uh, and then yeah, you know, look at the home games that are coming up next, it, it could be a decent start. I think what puts this Wolves fixture into context, and I didn't realise until the other day, I was just looking at odds on obviously to win the Premier League next season. Which most some bookmakers Wolves are ahead of Everton to win the Premier League. Interesting. And that's worrying like the Wolf. Certainly yeah. got momentum behind them, haven't they? Of course, they? they've got money, they've got signs, they've got contacts and Listen, it's got that, that put into context for me looking at that thinking how are they closer to win the Premier League than us you're not doing a Scotty bet on Wolves no no, no I'm not I'm not I'm just trying to put into context <laughs> he's got it on Evan <laughs> yeah. Gav uh, so following Wolves Southampton at home Bournemouth away Huddersfield at home and West Ham at home complete the first five fixes you are you in the best word, happy with that so to speak yeah yeah I think I think if, you, if, if you're a new manager you've got to you know, if you've got that bedding in period, you know it's cliche, there's thought you respect to those clubs which you contractually obliged to say that, that that is a decent set, isn't it? I mean the one the one who got really stitched up was Moyes, was remember when he went to Man United, he ended up complaining to the Premier League, didn't he, over the, over over his start. Yeah. Um so it, it can have an important 
know, I know it's supposedly random, but it can have an important impact on your uh, on your season. And last year with Koeman, it was the European stuff before then. It made it even worse. Well, wasn't well, it, you know? I mean, the Carabao Cup yeah. is going to be in the middle of that, and it's unseeded yeah. this year. So just watch this. Everton Why is it unseeded <laughs> all of a sudden? It's just changing it just to try and make it more interesting and more exciting. So to make it know, more miserable for us. Exactly. Yeah. You know, no, no extra time, no straight to penalties uh, after 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, unseeded draw as well. They're doing what they can with it. You know, I mean, it's, it's another podcast in itself, but I think we'd all be in agreement that Marco's got to go for it big time, hasn't he? Oh, he's got to go for this trophy because I, I can't go through another couple of years not winning the trophy. It pains me, and we t- we touched last week. I mean, we spoke about Liverpool getting to cup finals and rubbing our noses in it. I am sick to death of not seeing this team win a trophy, and I, I can't carry on. But the worry is, the last few years, it's been you know what you would call the establishment, you know, clubs you've been you know contesting that final now. It's yeah. Been since what, Swansea is it? Since well, this 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 season might might do us a favour. We Hopefully, get a couple, yeah. we get a turn and a draw, yeah. and next me you could end up in the semi final we'll without playing anyone big. We'll end up playing Chelsea away like we always do. Yeah. But I know I agree. I think it'd be a um, in terms of ingratiating themselves with Everton fans by putting a strong team out early on. In that yeah. tournament, I think that'd be like hey, that phrase "quick win," but I'm just about to use it. You know, I think it will be <laughs> something that actually will say, "Yeah, but, but, but you know, we like that." So I think uh, I think it'd be a good opportunity for him as well in terms of his relationship with the fans. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, chaps. Really enjoyed that discussion, uh, and thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Stick with the Echo Online for all the best Blues news and analysis. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.